we can become great at doing the the things that we do well, the things that are, we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have yeah. been amazing at doing that. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. You start to ask questions that pique his interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the monologue there, man. (laughs) Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, Heidi ho there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Happy Saturday. And yes, of course, you know what that means. Get ready for one of our returning guests returning to the program for a solo short. That guest won Kimberly Ross. It's been a few years, believe it or not, since we've had Kimberly on the show. But she returns to the program to help answer the dreaded question that libertarians face Yes, that abortion question. So, with that being said, onto the show, Kimberly Ross, here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hi, my name is Kimberly Ross. I'm a freelance opinion writer with bylines at The Washington Examiner, USA Today, Arc Digital, and elsewhere. In less than 10 minutes, I'm going to discuss a topic relevant to any who are concerned with liberty, the abortion issue. When you think of abortion in America, strong division and anger automatically come to mind. It is one of the most popular topics in the ongoing culture war. Generally, those to the left of center support it, and those to the right of center do not. It is an issue that some Americans use as a litmus test for voting decisions. Abortion supporters feel strongly about defending a woman's right to choose. Abortion opponents feel strongly about defending the right to life for unborn children. I'm a conservative with some libertarian leanings who's felt politically homeless for several years. One plus to feeling uncomfortable with labeling myself a Democrat or Republican is a bit more perspective on the hot button issues. I'm not perfect and I have my own biases, but I do believe my personal beliefs have strengthened and matured as I've been disconnected from the larger, more established political parties. I've been pro-life since I was a teenager. I've been involved in the movement for decades, giving time, money, and using my words to talk about life. I'm a mother of two young boys, and my pro-life stance has only deepened through the experiences of pregnancy and parenthood. At the same time, my compassion has grown as well. Pregnancy, labor, and child-rearing are exhausting, expensive, time-consuming, yet worthwhile pursuits. All of these things are natural, yes, but that is not synonymous with easy. Going through these stages without a support system is something I simply cannot comprehend. Yet many women find themselves in that very spot. Some of them truly believe abortion is the answer to their current and future problems. A key to meeting these women where they are is understanding that not everyone is ready or willing to become a mother. Abortion looks like the only solution to their dilemma of, what should I do? That must be understood by those opposed to abortion, whether it be at the first sign of life or in the third trimester. The new controversial abortion law in Texas is shining a spotlight on the incrementalist versus absolutist war among pro-lifers. Some prefer a step-by-step approach, whereby restrictions at 20 weeks and 15 weeks are secured first. Others prefer what is essentially a complete ban, as is the case of the Texas 
heartbeat law. In the fallout, there has been discussion about banning versus ending abortion. As David French notes, these are different goals. One is a legal block that keeps a woman from procuring an abortion. The latter is a continuing cultural campaign to remove the need for abortion altogether. This is a perfect example of legality not being the same as morality. I've always thought that those who prize liberty above all else should be some of the most passionate pro-lifers on the planet. Libertarians who believe abortion should be defended are deeply misguided. If anything is a textbook example of the non-aggression principle, it's defending the unborn against targeted destruction by way of abortion. Personal freedom is well and good and should be supported up until that freedom is a direct assault on someone else, especially when that assault is actual violence. It has become increasingly clear that Americans who are against abortion, whether they be Republicans, Libertarians, or Democrats, are really not united in the fight against it. When a new pro-life law gets on the books, there's a small sense of mission accomplished. With each legal victory, there's too much of a reliance on what the law can do to right the post-row wrongs compared to what grassroots change can be made to turn the societal tide away from acceptance and, yes, even need. We battle and argue on social media, leave comments on articles, vote for pro-life candidates, and believe we're true combatants who are making a difference. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but what tangible effect do they have? How do these activities really, truly impact the communities around our nation? How do they address the real needs of women with burgeoning bellies who are abandoned by significant others or family members and feel lost? Without practical assistance and support, always tethered to compassion, the pro-life movement is not much more than any other online drama of the political variety. Sometimes when I bring up the disconnect between online arguments and real-world help, I'm met with, how dare you? Pro-lifers are committed to grassroots help. Yes, it's true that many are, but some are not. As others have noted, if the pro-life movement is so concerned with investing in lives in their own backyards, why are pro-life pregnancy and crisis centers always desperate for donations? Why does the eagerness to deliver a devastating pro-life tweet or status not translate to offline aid? I think in part it's because we become too comfortable in our belief that laws and internet tirades can accomplish most of what is needed on the pro-life front. And since social media is here to stay, we, all of us, myself included, need to remember what is and isn't truly assisting the cause. There are three things I want to leave with you today. First, know that the issue is actually much more complicated than we've been led to believe. We've been told that abortion is black and white. On paper, that may be the case. In real-life scenarios, the opposite is true. So many factors surround pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. A study from the Guttmacher Institute surveyed women in 1987 and also 2004 and asked them their reasons for choosing abortion. Included among the top reasons given would interfere with education, can't afford the basic needs of life, not enough support from husband or partner, don't want people to know I had sex or got pregnant, and don't feel mature enough. And what were the two reasons most infrequently given? Was a victim of rape, became pregnant as a result of incest. Abortion is seen as meeting a need in a time of fear and uncertainty. The women at abortion clinics are rarely the bloodthirsty types portrayed by the loudest, most well-known abortion proponents. Could it be that they're often just scared women and girls? Yes. And those females need to know they are worth as much not less as the new lives they carry. Second, I challenge you to be pro-life. As I've stated, I think libertarians should be some of the most vocal advocates when it comes to protecting life in the womb. 
Being pro-life doesn't require you be a member of either political party, thank goodness. It doesn't require that you be religious. It doesn't require that you vote for certain individuals. It does require that you recognize that a separate, unique being exists alongside a woman during pregnancy. The child may be seen as inconvenient or unwanted, but their worth is not determined by the definitions others place on them. Yes, a woman's bodily autonomy should be protected, but there's no contradiction in believing both a woman and her unborn child have extraordinary value and that the child should be allowed the right to life. It also doesn't require that a woman keep her child since adoption is a beautiful option. But extinguishing that new life is neither moral nor in keeping with any consistent aspect of the liberty movement. Last, I encourage you to be involved in concrete ways that make a difference. Get offline and use your time and resources to help those in your community who find themselves pregnant and scared. Practical ways to help include providing safe homes, offering ride-sharing programs, stocking pantries with diapers, wipes, toys, and also clothes for both baby and mother, food assistance, babysitting, lawn care, home repairs, and child care while a woman finishes her education. Pregnancy centers also need monetary donations if they provide ultrasounds and medical care free of charge. The list of needs is practically endless. Over the years, the abortion rate has dropped. Abortions have declined when both Democrats and Republicans have been in power. Those who support and oppose abortion should have one thing in common, the desire for fewer abortions. That can only happen if there are practical steps toward reducing need and offering support. Women matter. Babies matter. And if you care about liberty, you should actively care about them both. Any other conclusion is simply not an option. Thank you. Trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life. Raise your hand if you heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docu-series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the science on Lockdowns and Liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the Liberty Movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up your solo short with Kimberly Ross. Thank you, Kimberly, for joining the program and, of course, giving your perspectives. It is a hot topic issue and a one conversation that people do tend to avoid. So thank you, Kimberly, for never shying away from, from a very important conversation and one I think uh, that, yes, it is we will uh, one we continue to have here in the Greater Liberty Movement. So, uh, folks, if you enjoyed the episode, please 
do me a favor. Make sure you go ahead and uh, give Kimberly some love. And when you do, make sure you go ahead and give yours truly a tag as well at B Nichols Liberty. And of course, share the episode. Uh, with that being said, coming up here tomorrow, it is my honor and privilege to uh, do a rear. And it's a great throwback episode with the late, great Steve Horowitz. He was the former distinguished professor of free enterprise in the Department of Economics at Ball State University. And one of the first guests we had here in the program really talking about uh, economics and their application to the ideas of liberty. Uh, Steve recently passed away from cancer. Um, yes, a big F you to cancer from stealing another amazing human being, another light of life. Uh, but a great conversation, and this is why we really get such value out of these conversations, is that you have such amazing people like Steve on the program where we can go ahead, have these conversations, and they're there for posterity. So make sure you go ahead, hit that subscribe button so you're not missing tomorrow's awesome, awesome throwback episode with a great late Steve Horowitz. That being said, folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. So that being said, signing off for Kimberly Ross. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at BrianNicholsShow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at BNicholsLiberty and consider donating to the show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.